0: Welcome, um, Pathfinders, to another uh, epic after-party. Uh, I believe we're on nineteen.
1: Yes. If so
0: maths is correct. I don't know.
1: Just finished episode fifty-seven. Should which be. Means the next one will be sixty, which will be after-party twenty.
0: Oh, okay. I was like, you skipped like three numbers there, and I was trying to figure <laughs> out why. Yes. The only reason I knew that it was going to be after 57 is because of the trick where if you add the two numbers together and if it's divisible by three...
1: We're some complicated math no. today. Yeah. So <laughs> sure that was that
0: was how you can tell if a higher number is divisible by three is that if you add the numbers together. So five and seven is 12, which is divisible by three. Therefore, it's divisible
1: by
2: three. It makes anybody feel better. A lot of people are really bad at basic math.
1: We have the distinct advantage of <laughs> math is 80% of the game that we play. So... <laughs>
0: And I the other 20% still is rules use a calculator. Because in real life, I can use a calculator. It's, yeah. It's, we do it's, a
3: lot more like adding and subtracting than like multiplication and division, though, in Pathfinder. true. Yeah. So. Sure. Except for crits. Well, or if it's, oh, you're taking a half of the damage because you made the save or whatever. Like, yeah. Speaking of crits, Be- I don't know. I was working for
1: a segue there.
0: Yeah, that that was not a good segue. Yeah, I was like, what? Uh, I am going to turn it over to Rick momentarily so he can recap these episodes for us real quickly.
1: Is true. So in this after party, we're going to be talking about episodes 55, 56, and 57. 55 started out with Sudi separated from the rest of the group. Not a a good episode. An epic brawl with a duo of mummies.
0: I don't know if it was necessarily bad. I mean, you stood your ground against a freaking mummy.
1: It's
3: more the like it, the worst situation you can be in is the one where there's literally no way to get any backup, so I'm literally on my own. <laughs> so well, I was kind of like, man, I really hope you guys take care of... Oh, everybody's fascinated by the Allops. Yeah, um, but
0: Consider the <laughs> last time we fought a mummy, what happened?
3: Yeah, that's true. Like I, it, I was just sitting there the whole time going, man, if it criticals me, I am so dead. Yep. So.
0: Look at the bright side. You
2: held your own against a mummy. And now two of us have mummy rot. Yeah. Which I don't have enough third level spells to fix both of us. And I had to
1: be reminded multiple times I'm immune so yeah there yeah. were a lot of neat things in that episode uh, it's
2: neat that two of us have beginning.
1: Right. well yeah Sudi got to use some of his he is now a what, level 5 monk level a
3: level 1 living monolith and one so one. I used my cost stone ability to get a uh, large size and give me full base attack bonus and basically have a large person
1: How'd you feel that that, uh, that panned out for
3: you? Uh, So here's the thing that I missed. So the mummies got to go before me, but my plan on that was to actually get in front of everybody else, like to retreat in front of everybody else and get big so that they couldn't get by me. So I was gonna basically block the doorway, which would have been perfect. I would have been getting pummeled by two mummies, but it would have been like a chance for you guys to like get the Allops out. That didn't pan out, but um, I did think it actually worked out all right. So I'm gonna continue using that. No, I thought it actually worked pretty well for you. Yeah. The
1: damage potential goes up. A great yeah, going
3: deal. up a dice category is uh, is nice.
1: And uh, the strength the modifier from that, yeah, because you're a strength based monk, correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah, No, that was nice. If I recall correctly, Isra wrecked face in that fight. Yeah, think she, she killed she... Mummy. <laughs> yeah, uh, what like two kills on that? Isra was particularly effective in that fight. Segura was very effective in that fight, yeah. even with the difficulties of dealing with with a creature with cover and you and two technically. Three allies. When you're counting in, Isra trapped into a tiny room <laughs> with two additional enemies.
4: Yeah, but they uh, were all undead.
1: It's true. There was undead everywhere. <laughs> Citra sadly had to sit out a lot of that fight.
0: Yeah, she uh, has trauma. But
1: <laughs> we'll, yeah, she got uh Yeah, she got to shine the following episode which we'll get to in a second i'll uh, i'll bring something up because i don't know
3: if we've ever discussed this um how do you guys feel about times where you're taken out of a fight you're stunned you're conf- confused well not confused because you have a 25 percent chance of doing it but yeah you know, but a you're, lot of times you're, stunned, you're not gonna you're get fascinated that. <laughs> you're vomiting so 25
1: percent chance of fighting your own party yeah
0: it, it's an inevitable part of the game yeah. like yeah. it's going to happen to you at some point it kind of sucks but you know it gives a chance for the other players to kind of shine a little bit so i don't think it's that bad
1: well, and I think it's happened to almost everyone. Sagira was basically out of the f- boss fight at the end of book one, mm-hmm. just because she'd taken so much damage at that point that the the hit that took her down just took her out of the fight. Sudi I was also was,
4: down in that ghoul fight. Yeah,
1: yeah. You and Sudi were both down for the the ghoul or the ghast fight in the faded hideout. Sudi was out for a vast majority of the fight against the first mummy. Yeah. yeah. He just kind of rushed in and got punched and that was... Well, he that got paralyzed that. and yeah, then he got paralyzed. Punched. Yeah, it was bad. So. I don't think...
0: I, I got knocked out of the...
4: You were out of the mummy fight, the first mummy fight because you were helping someone. Yeah, in. I was out of
0: the yeah. first half of that. But that was voluntary. Yeah, but... Still- uh, but... The- being out of that one.
1: I don't think Onurus has ever had to set out a fight.
2: I, I mean, way back in the first couple episodes, when I had no hit points because we were first level, I got knocked out a couple times. Yeah,
1: it's but way back against Spiders the-
4: or bugs there were
1: some the, the
2: camel spiders or whatever they're called and yeah. the sand creature yeah.
1: the elemental that you oh fought, yeah yeah mm-hmm. like knocked on yours down on the ground and then he was pretty much out for that entire fight i think you were out unconscious in like three fights in a row
2: yeah it was yeah. not good times it,
3: it's always interesting to me because like as the if you're the person who doesn't get knocked out paralyzed whatever it always like really ratchets up the tension That you're like man now it's all on me so like from a, increasing the amount of like tension Uh, I really like it as a player who has to sit it out. It kind of frustrates me because I'm like, oh, but I could be doing something. Oh, I have a spell for that or you know, like whatever, like there's always like that. What if, what if, what if kind of
1: thing. So that's sad. And I think all of you do a good job where you don't just pull out your phones and ignore the rest of the fight or anything. You're still engaged in what's going on. You're still offering tactical advice to people, even if sometimes it's just Jessica telling Rachel to leave people to leave them to fend for themselves in the street and get over here and kill this mummy because it's wrecking our day. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big thing with our party is
3: that we don't just kind of disengage. Yeah. Um, the same way, like if you know, we split the party and like you know, one per- one party's doing one part of the party's doing one thing and another parts to another we're actually engaged and like listening because as you guys can probably tell we make the occasional comments and things
1: i think rachel and heather were both fairly upset also when sudi's eye got plucked out of his head yeah yeah
3: yeah and it's it's one of those things that it's it is i i've played with some GMs that are totally against table talk. Like they they do not want you talking to each other about tactics or anything like that. For me, I, I think it's part of the game. Like I, the kind of metagaming thing, like to me, the explanation I've always used is if you've been adventuring, there's, there's periods of downtime, right? You guys talk, right? And so like that kind of makes up for the talking that we're kind of doing quote unquote off screen. Yeah.
1: Um, at, at some point or another, Segura's like, you know, if I ever get paralyzed by a ghast, I need you to push me over. Yep. <laughs> just just so <laughs> just, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just shove me on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of X-Men danger room training. Oh, man. Yeah,
0: there you yeah. go.
1: I like that reference. That's yeah, a good one. There you go. Yeah, and by the end of the episode, both Citra and Onurus now have the mummy rot.
2: Yeah, we're in a yeah. bad place. That's
1: Yeah. Mummy rot is one of my, like, least favorite things
3: to get because I just i hate the fact that it's a it's a disease and a curse like yeah. that just really irks me because i'm like dang it it couldn't just be one or Jordan's the other favorite
1: things. thing to get is lycanthropy yeah that's fun
3: <laughs> uh, okay so that at least gives you some abilities but like <laughs> yeah. mummy rod just turns you into when you expire from it you turn to dust not just like oh i'm dead and i need to be raised like no you're dust miracle or wish or true resurrection like that's it get yeah, yeah so it's it's a real like it's a real killer but
1: yeah. Well, and again, in this so far in this adventure path, I think one of the most recurrent themes has been the constant battle against disease. That's something that this party has had to fight with since early on in book 1. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just ability
3: damage in general has been a lot more prevalent than I think it usually is in adventure paths, which so I
1: think in large part because of the the prevalence of the undead. Yeah.
3: yeah. Normally, I think we were like, yeah, we can depend on the cleric for lesser restorations, and in this one we're like buy all the scrolls. Clear the town out. (laughs) Yeah, because there's not enough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And upon leaving from there, you had run into a trio of cultists. That were chumps. They were chumps. That brought us into (laughs) episode 56, which I rolled atrociously on.
0: Sure, and you did. My
1: earlier statement of segue into rolling criticals and everything, I think Citro was murdering people left and yeah, right critical. with critical hits and sneak Critical
4: attack. one shot on that guy.
0: I did. I, I was unexpected, though. I didn't think one hit would take him down.
1: Yeah, there is something really
3: satisfying about doing that, though. Whenever you're able to one-shot somebody, that just makes you feel powerful.
0: I bet there's a little part that, like, Citra expected them to be way more difficult, so she went in there like I, don't, I can't say guns blazing, but like, daggers blazing, daggers, daggers shining. I don't yeah. know. And then she stabs him, and she's like, "Oh, that was too easy. Oh, well, that, I, I didn't mean to do that."
3: You're expecting <laughs> that, more resistant. You don't wear any armor, do you, sir? Sorry. <laughs> that sorry. guy
4: totally talked a big game. I know. <laughs> he talked a big game, and then he didn't really have very many hit points to back it
1: up I know. <laughs> and, then he, and then he chose to just things.
0: blow up and you didn't know what to do with that
2: yeah. <laughs> that's what all of them are going to do ever when we fight them there will be lots
1: of explosions
3: yeah it's one of those things
1: that They're like by your rings of evasion. the creatures that explode we'll call it a subtype
3: but there's not really a subtype for it but just like there are other creatures that if you kill them they explode it's always really interesting to me because it kind of like disincentivizes you from wanting to kill them <laughs> As soon as you learn that, you're like, uh, can I knock these things out instead? Because this is going to be bad for me, especially if you have a bad reflex save.
1: I can never remember, because I don't run enough high-level Demons and Devils, but it's either the balor or the Pit Fiend detonates when they die. And you finish fighting this thing, and then it just leaves this crater behind, and it's gone. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, And it works well for the, the cultists, the secret cult and everything, as we'd established previously, the the removing the body so that it removes any chance of you garnering their secrets no from No speaking their bodies. with
2: dead. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. so
1: But you got some information from them during their little, uh... Yeah, because they're, like, saying crazy lantern.
3: prayers to the dead while they're, like... Crazy prayers to the
1: dead references to Set, which mm-hmm. both irks Citra because of her worship of Osiris, mm-hmm. who was murdered by Set. And Onurus because of his worship of Horus, whose uncle Set had usurped his throne yeah. and <laughs> kind of ruined his day. And a whole bunch of trials that, to be perfectly honest, aren't really... They're not really safe for a family-friendly show to talk about. Yeah. yeah did find out from them that they're apparently claiming that whomever this other person is is claiming to be the sky pharaoh and calling him an usurper of the title it seems to be involving an additional individual i think jessica theorized it might be another aspect of the thrice divided soul maybe yeah i mean i kind of like that
3: theory actually that'd be kind of interesting to see like kind of the war within externalized but, yeah, because we don't, we haven't gotten any leads on who else it could be. It's probably so it the barefoot
2: man that, yeah. that has the mask and who thinks he's, like, trying to claim... They don't want him claiming the power of the mask because they need it for their real god, the Forgotten Pharaoh.
4: Yeah, but I think the barefoot man is the guy that killed my mom.
1: So quite feasibly your cousin as well. It's a bleep Nebtu
4: Yes.
1: Yeah, after that uh, embarrassingly easy fight, (laughs) if you'd gone back to check in with the fated.
2: Did not enter the Dance Hall of Doom.
1: No, unfortunately, did not enter the Dance Hall of Doom. You
0: knew we weren't going to do that. I
1: I can hope.
3: Okay, no, it's one of those things that if we'd rolled poorly, maybe it would have been like, you know, oh, this is like a safe place to rest. Like, this looks (laughs) like a very sturdy building. And we would have been like, okay, fine. And then murder would happen.
1: No, no. But what sort of. Undead go to a dance hall.
0: I imagine that Sagira just really knows all the urban legends. Yes, I'm <laughs> like a big she urban knew legend person. old I, I Take Her, how she knows about this know, crazy well, dance it, guy. It's also
3: one of those things that's like you're telling like a ghost story kind of a story. In the middle of like a giant city of the undead, where like literally any of this is possible. And so it's really funny and then that, she's like, because like, I was like, are you all definitely freaked out. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> definitely like, I'm freaked out by this because you're literally making all of my like worst fears come true with these stories. Like, oh my goodness. We're not
4: going in there, it's fine. I
3: know. <laughs> but Sudi doesn't think that the undead obey basic rules, like, I stay in my spawn point. <laughs>
1: We did make a joke about the Dance Macabre, um, <laughs> yeah, which I did hard. look up. And the, the Dance Macabre is a challenge rating 14, so I'm not yes. going to throw that at you guys. Yes. Oh
0: my god. We would, we, we we
1: would uh, Yeah, we would be dead. Our, all the way. For any of our, uh, our game masters out there listening, though, if you want a fun challenge for your players, the Dance Macabre is a pretty great option if they're around 14th level or so. It's
0: horrifying.
1: I love yeah. that monster so much.
0: That was a rough fight that we had. With it was a us. rough
1: fight,
3: but it was very, very memorable.
0: Yes, we will fight. never forget it. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Greg Vaughn. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Greg Vaughn.
3: And there's something to be said for <laughs> fights that are super memorable. So, I'm always yeah. for that.
1: So, after that, you collected the faded. You made your way into the, or onto Vizier's Hill into the noble section of the city. You had talked with, uh, or you met with the Dark Folk. You then talked with Unwrapped Harmony. And she had informed you that she'd be willing to assist you, but you would need to help her. In exchange. Isn't Which, that how
0: it always goes? That's like I, that is how it classic always goes. video game thing. I'll help you if you do this thing for me. Yep. <laughs> we Nothing, have this is, quest for I you. I was gonna say
3: there's no free lunch.
0: So. I need three but, berries. But unfortunately, you can't call up the
2: HUD and then cheat type in the cheat code. That I okay? I have three of these rubies. Here you go now. <laughs> you <know?
1: laughs> also, she well, I guess she kind of gave you a fetch quest. We because need a rock. Wanted yeah. you to bring back that rock to prove that you killed him.
2: You can't just look up the item code and then da da da. da Here's the rock. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> you know? uh, also, really liked the characterization of the dark creepers. That was super oh, they're fun. They're so cute. cute. <laughs> super fun
1: well it's funny because they have this really negative association most people have a very low view of them but they're actually chaotic neutral they're not evil people Hmm. i don't know about the stalkers and slayers but i think they're i think they're primarily a neutral race i believe the dark slayers which are what you're about to face in uh episode 58 once we get to that one they are naturally evil Hmm. but the the rest of the dark folk are just kind of neutral. They do their own thing.
0: I just imagine Kwasin and the little creepers like just talking just over each other. Like they're not really conversing, <laughs> but they're just going at it. <laughs>
3: like They're just talking at each other, at each other.
0: I just, that is what's in my head right now. I think also,
4: little... we're getting like the... Greatest hits of the noble district from uh, <laughs> from Aristide, yeah,
1: it's funny. <laughs> She's like your little tour
3: guide as you're making your way along. It is, it is, yeah. I was gonna say it's kind of actually is like a tour, it's kind of funny.
4: And this is where my wedding dress is to be made, and this was a nice boy.
0: <laughs> but but if we did find her wedding dress, right?
4: Yeah, so it was made, it was made, oh, we okay. sold it. It was delicate, and it would have fallen apart if she would tried to put it on, probably. Yeah,
2: so we had it, we mended it, and then we sold it.
4: Yep. And I think well, it's she's probably talking at like the She talking like she never got, got it or something. Well, she's, she's just thinking. She's I, a ghost. What well, she gonna
3: know? Well, no, she never a, got to wear I it. I don't have a problem with her like giving us some interesting factoids about the city. Yeah, as long fine. as she's not hijacking you in the middle of a fight to be like, I Butterfly. remember having tea
1: here. <laughs> hey, in <our> city. <laughs> I remember my self-defense training. the
0: To sing. Soloflex and step nose, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, Miss Congeniality.
0: Yes, okay.
1: Exactly. So after that, you had made your way to the...
4: The house uh, that Sudi kicked in. Uh,
1: co-op, yes. The co-op building. The one with the unnecessary door kicking in. Yes. It was awesome. Oh yeah. Blasting your way in there, punching. That was, I think, one of the first occasions in a long while that you've all had to struggle with uh, lighting and illumination.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we usually almost always have our torches out, but this was one of those like we're going from a from outside to inside kind of transition. So, yeah, yeah. N- normally well, we already have torches out.
0: It was a, a very quick entrance.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There wasn't a prep. There well, the, they're, they're, the kind the of pre-imple. the justification that I had was, so Segura tells about this ankeg thing, and Sudi's like, I need to get inside right now because I don't want to fight that.
4: <laughs> I think Sudi was just like, I'm going to see if I can do this. Oh, I did it. I mean, it's also that.
3: <laughs> It's also that. But it was definitely like there's a part of me that was like, man, I don't want to fight an ankeg. Like, I don't, I just, no, I don't want to fight an ant I just don't don't wanna. Although I did also have the thought of, man, what great uh cover or like a you know, it's kind of a like a scarecrow tactic to dig holes that are similar to ant holes to so just make it look like they have an ant mm. <laughs> And just like kind of like try to
1: fake you out so that you don't want to go there because you're like, oh no, an ankeg hole. Possible. Yeah. Oh. I've loved an ever since Boulder's Gate.
2: I've hated an since
1: Boulder's Gate. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. One of these days, I'll play a druid that wears cake armor. Oh
4: yeah, that'd be cool.
1: <laughs> I guess the mummy fight way back then really messed y'all up, but the following two fights after that—the fight against the cultists and the fight against those dark folk—were shockingly easy. I for got y'all. sneak
2: yeah. attacks for like ten damage. Yeah, I got, the, hit. The I got hit. I got critical was, for two.
1: You got poison. <laughs> yeah, you got critical for two and poisoned.
2: I did
4: get the, poisoned. Yeah, the, the I thing about roll.
3: it is like we're kind of because we're on like so low of, amount of healing. Like every point we get hit. Feels a lot more because it's harder to get rid of the damage. Well, that
4: point of strength drain or strength damage totally sucks because I'm strength based. But it was also like, ow, if I had rolled over a two on this save, I probably would have been fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because it kind of feels like with this book, the the end of book one when you're trudging your way through the sanctum of the erudite eye just turned up to 11, where it's the last half of this book is. There's no real retreating back to getting healing or anything. Just this time I think you guys came into the Necropolis better prepared than with the Sanctum of the Erudite Eye.
4: We knew we weren't coming back out until we were done or dead.
1: (sighs) One of those two or undead. So I guess three options. Mm -hmm. And then we ended off that episode with all of you getting ready to fight against Gaunt Cadaver. Again, he's evil because of the name. (laughs) You can just tell that's a villain name.
0: (laughs) I know. And apparently
2: yep. they choose it. names. should
1: have known the moment that they named his brother Scar.
2: That wasn't Scar's <laughs> real name. Scar had a name. I can't remember what it was. If you voice it by Jeremy Irons,
1: yeah.
0: that's what's going to turn him evil. Gaunt yeah. Cadaver <laughs> is voiced
1: by Jeremy Irons. <laughs> oh my. Uh, love
0: Jeremy
1: Irons. So yeah, that basically sums up uh, all of that. It was, a, it was a whole lot of fun episodes. Uh, I got to use a couple of things that I got to use sneak attack and poison, which is always great. And I got to infect two of you with horrible Diseases, which uh, is always fun and
0: I think your definition of fun and our definition of fun are two very different things. Yeah that screen
1: yeah. creates a different definition of it. It's true. It's always interesting just to watch the it's the slow battle of attrition. It's you measuring your resources and then determining what you can and can't do with that. So it'll be interesting once you guys can finally rest to see how many of these afflictions you can actually remove.
0: And with that, we are going to move on to some emails. Ooh. So our first email is Todd from Connecticut.
1: Hi, Todd. What do we know about Connecticut? Uh, I know it's a
0: very small state. I don't, I don't actually England, know much about it. It's New England, so yeah.
1: it's, you know, New Englandy. i I've
3: never been to Connecticut, so I don't know. Andarin. We can't put everybody from America in Andarin.
0: <laughs> we don't.
4: If you're from Florida, you go to the marshes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that is true. That's what <laughs> Um,
2: I don't
4: know anything about when in doubt,
1: River Kingdoms. (laughs) We we do
4: that a lot too.
1: We're somewhere
0: we haven't put somebody yet. Well, it's the southernmost
1: portion of New England, so there's that. Um,
0: ah, that not really help me. I don't know the New England equivalent in Galarian. Oh, Dutch. Oh, okay. okay so, so where it's is What's like a <laughs> Netherland kind of area? Netherlandy
3: Dutch area.
4: Oh, that city of weird gnomes that's on that river in Bracia. They're like weird gnomes. They had a lot of wind chimes. Oops. Before you get to Turtleback Ferry.
1: No. Okay, I remember where you're talking about. There's
4: a city of gnomes, I think. And there's a lot of wind chimes.
0: So are we assuming that Todd is a gnome? I don't know. I mean, he, can, he, <laughs> he doesn't have to be a gnome. He can Maybe be he just be. hangs out with the gnomes. He can
2: pick
3: whatever class or that, whatever, whatever race he wants at character creation and whatever, whatever class.
2: <laughs> Everybody gets to pick their own race and class. We just tell you where you live.
1: We can have him be from Vericia. We can have him. I don't know, know, the know name. Turbo. We've never actually had anyone. He from can just be Fury. from Turtleback Fairy. Turtleback Fairy. Turtleback Fairy Chris. Watch Ta- out for Black Maga.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, Todd from Connecticut, a.k.a. Turtle Black Fairy. Uh, greetings, Pathfinders. Just wanted to drop you all a line and say how impressed I am with your production. Thank your you. audio is clear and well presented, the story flows well, and your characterizations make for great listening. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you. A question. Other than Pathfinder, do you play any other tabletop RPG systems? If so, which? Also, nope. does Rick ever get to play or is he stuck as the forever GM, as was the case <laughs> as was my case for so many years. Thanks for the quality podcast. Looking forward to your weekly releases now that I've caught up on the backlog.
1: Well, I think other than Jess and Jordan, the rest of us are only playing Pathfinder.
0: Like
2: right now. Yeah. Right now. We've talked about playing White Wolf before. And yeah,
1: we've talked about the other systems we play, but Jess and Jordan actually we play. play uh, I- yeah, I actually run a homebrew uh, D&D game.
3: Yeah, there's fifth edition. fifth edition. Oh, we
4: did just support the best Kickstarter, Humblewood. Shout yeah, out to well, Humblewood. I was, yeah, was going
3: to say, that hasn't, we haven't got it yet, so we haven't been able to try I it. I want to be an owl
1: person. There's a yeah. great Kickstarter out there, and they're doing it for fifth edition, sadly, but it'd probably be pretty easy to port over to Pathfinder for uh, tiny anthropomorphic cat people, and they're making okay. like awesome like tiny-sized cat miniatures. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> nice. pretty awesome. Humblewood
4: <laughs> is like owls and birds and rabbits and foxes, and it's set in a. It's like Gaul, right? Kind the of, yeah. Leg, it has a uh, whole story adventure with it. But it looks really yeah, it's fun like, it's
3: like set in a forest and you're like trying to uh determine like what's getting into the forest and like causing like and there's fires, miniatures and stuff problems. and yeah it's got miniatures it's got a
1: book and uh, like makes me think of we supported it
0: once upon a rainforest <laughs> yeah. we supported yeah. it because i want to play it
4: real bad because it sounds adorable i just want to be an owl person
1: yeah, yeah basically there's a, there a comic series back in the day that i think was, was a mouse templar
2: yeah mouse that yeah. oh, was
1: cute. it was just mice knights and like their enemies were like evil owls and evil cats and they were allied with uh, yeah, the other they, like, the, smaller creatures of the forest mm-hmm. it was cute I think it actually had a role mouse a guard maybe mouse guard was it mouse guard it might
2: be mouse guard I
1: think it might be mouse guard I don't remember it was awesome
2: and they I mean, did an RPG for it too yeah. <laughs> I just keep thinking of the, the Legend of K'Hool.
4: <laughs> it's a lot like that, except more D&D than And that. Rick yeah. does
2: play in one of our games. Our friend Ross runs it. Yes. Uh, That's I, our Carrying Crown game.
1: Yes, in Carrying Crown, I do play a uh, an Inquisitor for that of Phrasma, which is, Phrasma is one of my hands down favorite deities, and Inquisitor, I think, is probably the top of my list of favorite class. I mostly GM, in large part because I think I prefer it.
0: He's a yeah. control freak. He likes it that I, way.
1: I like Yeah, I'm a bit of a control freak, and I also, I like having the foreknowledge of what's on the other side of the door. Like, the suspense (laughs) doesn't work great for me. Uh, I'm one of those people that I start reading a book and I have to read the entirety of the book quickly because I can't really wait.
4: He also casts a lot of divination spells when he's playing. Oh
3: yeah, I was gonna say as a player, prying eyes. Rick, and- Rick uses his GM knowledge to like great effect to just like <laughs> teach me new things about how to play casters, well, which is always he took, interesting. He
2: took the leadership feat, so we have Kendra with us, and she's a diviner, so we get a place, and it's like I'm gonna cast like five divination spells. What's yeah. going on here? I
1: know the entire layout of the dungeon. I know what all the enemies are. We know all of our spells in preparation. For this, it uh, helps. And it we helps. just walk in there and throw everything in pits. And you know, and
2: it sounds like we're making fun of it, but it's like a great help. Otherwise, like we just fought a, we would have been so <laughs> murdered if we weren't expecting that fight. Sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Sadly, as a rule, oftentimes GMs kind of make the worst players because you know, know the. Because you know Ross the system, is a pretty know great dagger. player. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Maybe it's just me. I think <laughs> it's just you because our
0: friend Ross is like the best role player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. He's great. Okay. Yeah. Our second email is from Chris. He does not give us anything. It's
3: just just, just Chris. Everybody turns to look at the giant map behind Rick.
4: I'm going to say lands of the lenorm king oh yeah sure oh, i mentioned
0: it but i don't think we've ever actually put there. i don't out. know any cities
4: huh? from there yeah, yeah. but that is what i got
0: chris i hope you like the cold
4: i hope you like big old lenorms and vikings and such yeah
1: so we can have uh just because it's probably the most viking thing that i've heard recently he can be from halgrim which is the second largest settlement in the lands of lenorm kings in the ironbound islands
0: Oh. Located
1: on the northwestern shore of Battle Wall.
0: Bam! Bam. Yeah, All right, Chris, you're from Halgrim. If you so don't have, you have an Max. epic
1: uh, Viking beard, uh, start working on one.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and right. Max. Hey, folks. Love the podcast. You are a fantastic group. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I have a question about familiars. Although the group doesn't have any familiars currently, it seems that the group in previous APs must have dealt with them. In my group, we've always kind of hand waved and ignored the possible and probable dangers of having a small familiar in the party. Reek seems the no nonsip type when <laughs> dealing with the rules is written, and it seems like familiars must always be in danger with AOE spells. How does this group handle familiars and keeping them safe? Well Thanks so again, they're not
4: best Chris they're not in danger yeah
1: because uh, a on, lot of on,
0: the if they're on your person,
1: they get a cover they'll a tiny sized creature will get a cover bonus and uh, from
2: familiars get evasion pretty early yeah. on too now.
4: So- Negative energy channeling.
2: Yeah, sucks. that's
4: yeah.
1: that's rough for I mean, them.
4: My, um, uh, I had a monkey we forgot existed, and that's the only reason it lived. He was not in danger all that often, though. There's an for that one time.
1: item called a familiar satchel that if mm-hmm. you have a familiar inside of it, it grants it full cover. Yeah, which it's is kind a of great like an kinda... ex-
2: it's kind of like an extra dimensional space that your familiar well, hangs it's, out it's in. It's not even it?
1: magical. It's it's just a nice carrying case yeah, that I, protects yeah. your familiar. If I
4: ever play my my witch with a crab and a bucket, my bucket's gonna be in one of those satchels yes. And, and this
1: wouldn't matter for the crab, but you can also plug the top of it. I think it specifically states in the description you can plug the top of it and make it watertight. So if you have to go underwater... Oh, then cute. Yeah, Your cat's just sitting there like, what is going on? <laughs> what are you doing?
2: Rick handles familiars a lot like he handles the animal companions. It's like, if they're out doing things, what are they doing? Where are they? Well,
1: and one I of mean, the best uses, I think, for familiars is something like a like a camp guard or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I have, a, I have a cat or something. It's like, well, it hangs out at the camp while we're going down there in case somebody else comes in, or it'll rush down in a alert me if somebody comes looking there's a there's a little bit of an unwritten rule amongst most game masters And I think this falls in the category of familiars, generally speaking, are not a threat compared to a PC, unless you make that familiar a threat. So most GMs will not target a familiar unless you're using that familiar to like deliver touch spells or do all these other horrible things, at which point it's fair game.
4: You're just an a-hole if you're going after small defenseless animals otherwise.
1: (laughs) I mean, we are fighting
3: evil people.
0: Yeah, but evil does not equate to killing horrible or killing little puppies and stuff.
4: They've got a bunny in their jacket. Let me aim for the bunny. (laughs)
0: What? Why? You're
4: horrible. I hate I
3: you. I don't play say, with you anymore. Uh, I'm evil, but I am not going to be fighting that. It. I, run away. Really
1: doing it. I I don't run care away. how
0: evil you are. Sometimes you still just like a puppy. I have
4: a hard time with animals anyway, because I'm just like, but it's cute. Let Otherwise,
1: it, let's the paladin goes all John Wick on you. It's oh true. My uh, God. Oh. And if you they do, I'm just like, I deserved
4: person.
0: it. Just yeah. kill me, I killed uh, it. Yeah. That yeah, it would amazing. definitely be me as a character. I'd go all John Wick on somebody over a killed puppy.
1: So I guess to sum things up for you, Chris, we do like familiars. Um, mm-hmm. Love them. Usually the evasion is going to keep them safe. Throw like a cat color of resistance or something, depending on what type of animal it is oh, yeah, like, on them and get their saves up.
2: If you're going to use your familiar for things that might get them stabbed, just make sure you give them items.
1: And other than that, yeah, if one of the party members did decide to have one and there was an area effect, I would catch a familiar in it, but... They do get cover bonuses, so there's a level of protection already inherent in that.
4: Mm-hmm. And buy a carrying case. For
2: yeah, probably.
1: and buy one of those carrying cases. I can't remember what it's out of. Probably it feels, like the fa- it
2: feels like that's out of one of the familiar yeah. photos. I'm nearly
1: positive it's called a familiar satchel, so I'm mm-hmm. sure you could look that up online.
0: Alrighty. Do we have time to cast a deity? Duh.
1: I think so. Always. All right, Rich. go ahead and bounce me a d20, and let's see what we've got. Five. Oh, low. oh, You guys haven't been rolling that too low. Oh, this is a good one. And I think challenging. Uh-oh. Today we're going to cast Shalyn. Oh, Shalyn! Oh, oh, no. The Eternal Rose, the goddess of art, beauty, love, and music. Shilin has watched over the multiverse with a gentle heart and generous eye since the beginnings of sentience, encouraging mortals in peace and love, and reveling in their cr- even their crudest artistic awakenings. A passionate and creative artist in both matters of the heart and works of beauty, she teaches that true beauty takes many forms, that kindness is its own form of strength, that no force is more powerful than love and that every person is beautiful in some way. She has experienced enough pain herself to recognize the sting of sacrifice and has soothed enough broken hearts to know that love and beauty are not easy things. Yet despite the realities of pain and loss, she remains an eternal optimist, helping to mend the deepest pains and turn the coldest hearts towards love and light. No mortal, monster, or deity is immune to her power.
3: Everybody loves Shilin.
0: I know, and I think I have a good one.
3: Oh, man, that is a really challenging one. Jeez.
2: The same thing that always happens is going to happen. I'll be on my way home and be like, crap! Yeah, know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The perfect
3: one always occurs after we cast them. Man.
2: I don't know. I think we did a pretty good job with Jason Isaacs for Asmodeus. I feel like that's a really good one that we picked yeah. there.
1: If it helps any, Shalin uh, is always shown as a young woman with eyes of blue or silver, sometimes one eye of each color, and ankle-length hair adorned with colorful strands. Usually depicted as a human, although other races often illustrate her as one of their own, from elves to half-orcs.
4: I'm
2: ready. I'm like actually completely and totally stumped on this
1: I one. am also coming up
3: blank.
0: I have three, but I have one that I'm going to pick.
3: Good for you. You have to pick
4: one, that's the
0: rule. I know.
1: <laughs> I feel like I need to watch more movies.
0: Well, who wants to go first? Who's got those ready? I can
1: go first. I've okay, got Okay, my... Rick's going to go. Okay. So I think I'm going to go with Shirley Theron. She does an amazing job, I think, portraying both a person of extraordinary strength, but also someone who's very caring and considerate in most uh. of her roles. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. she's a stunning classical beauty. So yeah. I, she strikes me as both lover and fighter.
0: I think I lean more... Her is a fighter, though. Yeah, me
3: too. I was going to say, I loved her as
1: Fierce.
0: So. Is yeah. The, uh, She's yeah. the new Morticia.
3: Oh, really? In we the animated.
0: Of... She's just the voice. Oh, but,
3: yeah.
1: okay. oh okay. I was it like, was are weird. they doing live
0: action? No, uh, I wish they were. You got but me but so excited know. for a second I there. I was no. like, what? That was a real letdown. Yeah, I know.
1: I have to give it to Charlize Throne, just because I love her as an actress. And okay, I've, kind of I've always pictured Shalynn as caring and loving as she is. There is always that martial protectiveness to her that a very strong figure, I think, works well for All right.
0: Jessica?
4: but consider Lupita Nyong'o oh
1: yeah, I could
0: definitely
4: see and that she's oh, like she's really, definitely got that really pretty but also really caring and stuff and everybody loves her and everybody and loves her
3: and she's fierce as all get out
4: I don't think she has to be fierce
3: well I mean it's good to have though you know like that heart a little bit of hardness so for me I'm gonna go with Jennifer Lawrence Jennifer Lawrence yeah because uh, she can do roles where she's, like, a little bit harder. But she's also, like, a really... Uh, like, even as an individual, she's, like, kind of a really, like, charismatic and, like, uh, everybody loves her kind of a person because she's in, like, 100 million movies a year so.
0: <laughs>
1: that is true. <laughs> well, no, Jennifer Lawrence is a, is a good option, I think.
0: I had a tie between two Emmas. No, you picked uh, one. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, you have to pick a one, one I Emma. I picked
0: one. Uh, I went for... Emma, or she goes more like by Emmy uh, Emmy Rossum. Oh, yeah.
3: oh, um, she's the one that's on no, Shameless. No, she's mostly
0: on Shameless. I know her from Phantom of the Opera.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right. She was not Phantom of the and Opera. And she
0: was absolutely wonderful in that. And plus, just look at her. She's just, this is my Shalin I love
1: her. <laughs> was Emma Stone the other? Or? No, Emma Watson. Oh, uh, I do like Emma Watson. I could have seen Emma Stone for it as well. I
3: also too. liked Emma Stone,
1: yeah.
0: There's a lot of Emmas, man. Good Emmas <laughs> in good Hollywood Emmas. right now. Emma's a good name. So, Scarlett
2: Johansson.
1: Okay. No, I can see it. She exceptionally she's strong. She's real whole, pretty. Like, like thing, but yeah, yeah. I was going to
3: say, she's real pretty, but also she does a really serious person, like, super well.
2: Yeah. And she's done, like, she's done some fun roles, too. Oh, so yeah. She no, can, she's got range, for sure. She's got a pretty good range.
1: She was, uh, I can't remember if it's Ka or Kai, the name of the snake in the yeah. book.
2: Ka, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she looks good with almost any hair color, too. as the Avenger
3: movies have shown because in every single one of them she's got a different haircut and a different uh, hair color and she looks great in all of them Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is a tough
1: one.
0: I think this one might be one where we leave it up to a vote. Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna
1: to be for a vote. That's that's
3: there's too many good candidates.
1: I definitely well, I think all of them are really solid options. And once again, as was just somewhat described here, beauty is so subjective that every person will have a different interpretation of that. So a lot of it is her caring and kind nature and such that an actress that could accurately portray that. Yep. Which Hollywood has no shortage on amazing actresses. So mm-hmm. all those are good options, especially Shirley's Thor. <laughs> <laughs> as we all start campaigning for our uh, ours to be chosen but Charlize Theron is also like my favorite actress so. yeah yeah, that and uh, Mila Jovovich but...
4: yeah that doesn't work for her though mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah Mila, Mila Jovovich,
1: is Jovovich is super I did actually good. think uh, and this wasn't one of my suggestions I did think Liv Tyler though
4: oh Liv
3: Tyler also be a good one
4: because yeah she's just... see there's just too many there's yeah. Yeah. so because many she's
1: good freaking off. Arwen <laughs> fair enough have to have someone that has a familiar resemblance to whatever we decide. What do we decide, or who do we decide would play Thane? I, I don't
2: even remember. Oh man,
1: that was so far. Ago, yeah. ago. Oh, I guess Way I can back back
0: look. There. Let me check. Yeah, look real quick.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say it's on. It's on whatever our last.
1: Because uh, they are they are the brother is. and sister. So half brother and half sister, but oh. brother and sister.
0: Didn't realize they were half siblings.
1: Yeah, they they're have the same sisters. father, who's uh, the wolf spirit.
0: Adrian Brody.
1: <laughs> Adrian Brody. So okay.
0: So. Emma Rossum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rossum looks the most like
1: him, Yeah, I probably, guess. yeah, he's the closest, yeah. But also, he's
0: going to
4: be mostly, like, disfigured and whatnot. Yeah, like, yeah I was going to say, he's going to be heavy. He's going to
1: be a little uh, pinhead-like, so. Anywho, weird. One thing before we go, this is going to be our last after-party before PaizoCon, so we're going to have some fun announcements coming up in the next few weeks, and I hope that you will stay tuned to our... Assorted social media pages as Heather and I will be at Pisocon. We'll be providing some Yay, fun coverage there and we're gonna have a lot of new interviews and videos for our YouTube page from where we're there, interacting with fans and the uh, outstanding Paizo staff. So I hope that you'll come and check that out with us. Before we sign off, there's uh, two more things that we want to take care of. First off is next weekend is going to be our PaizoCon trip. And that means that while we're up there, we're going to be doing a variety of different coverage for PaizoCon, interviews and such. We do, however, have a hangout that Heather and I will do while we're up at PaizoCon. If any of you are interested, you can join us on Friday the 24th at 7 p.m., at Odin's Brewing Company. You can find the details for all of that on our subreddit. We also have a post and event available on our Facebook page. Beyond that, we also have our giveaway that we set up for last month. For our fan favorite moments from our first year of the podcast, our winners are Nathan Potter, Phil Mueller, Quetzalcoatl X, Ryan Lord, and Jobot. So we will contact each of you for your information to send you your prizes over the next few days. And thank you all for participating. We had a lot of wonderful suggestions, and apparently a lot of people like seeing Suti get maimed. So stay tuned for more of that.
0: All right. Well, that's all we've got for today. Thanks for the emails, and we hope to hear more from you guys. We love answering the questions. Good luck, Pathfolk.
1: Yep. Thank you all. Yay! I'm
0: loving it.